0: Thank you for your patience for everyone who was watching in the first 10 seconds of our live stream, which is probably no one, but that is okay. Um, For everyone who watches this in the future, thank you for your patience. But we're going to go ahead and get started with the Catechism series. We are doing paragraphs 1100 to 1150 today. Um, We are just still starting the section on the sacraments, and it's a very exciting section and very exciting topic we'll be talking about today. But as always, Father, let's start with prayer.
1: Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, on this feast day of Saints Timothy and Titus, as we record this episode, we ask you to continue to strengthen us to hand on the great treasure that is the faith. We thank you for all of our family members who have given it to us, for all of the clergy and the religious who have been good examples to us in handing, handing down the faith. And we pray through the intercession of Saints Timothy and Titus, St. Paul, and uh, Timothy's grandmother Eunice, mother Lois, um, and just all of those throughout the centuries um, who have handed down the faith and got to this point right now in Salisbury, North Carolina, that we may continue to be open to receiving this great gift of our faith and to continue to hand it on in all that we do and say. And we ask this through the intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary. Holy Full
0: of grace, grace, the Lord is with, with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. God, most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Pray for us.
1: Timothy and
0: Titus. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. You
1: know, it's funny as I started praying, it just occurred to me, I'm definitely like violating the rules of when you record something like like we do with this ongoing series. Like, it's supposed to be kind of out of time, mm-hmm. like, but I feel like every time, I'm like, well, the saint of the day is that it's, yeah, whatever. I
0: but, I mean, this is very much a series, right? <laughs> every month we do it, so it is very much in time. It is. It and, is. I don't know, I think it gives it kind of a real feel to it when it's like, oh, we just celebrated Christmas and we just did this and that, Absolutely. which actually... I'd like to talk about because Please. it's been a while since we've yeah, been in PowerPod Studios together.
1: Feels like it's been forever. I mean, my goodness, like my beard is catching up to yours. I
0: was <laughs> I was setting everything up, and I'm like, I haven't done this in a while. I need to refresh my memory how to turn on the mics and the cameras and the lights. EJ has been using PowerPod Studios a lot more than you and I have.
1: But you know, and that's good. I'm glad it's getting a lot of use, and I think EJ is doing a great job. And I'm so happy he's here. And um, you know, it's it's cool too, like you said about. Uh, was, everything kind of like fits within the time. Um, and as you said a moment ago, you know, we're hitting today paragraphs 1100 to 1150 about the sacraments. Well, two days ago was the Feast of St. Francis de Sales. Mm-hmm. And I read um, the first eight chapters of part one of Inter- Introduction to the Devout Life the other day. Yeah. And um, he talks a lot about like the two, like basically the two things that keep us moving along in the spiritual life are prayer and the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a he's such a genius, and I love Francis de Sales, and I think he's one of the patron saints of communication. One of probably like, there, I think there's a bunch, but I think like his feast day is like you know like Church Communication Day or something, or mm-hmm. like World Communication Day or something like that. Um, but just think about that, you know, like with with the sacraments and you know the concrete nature of Christ reaching out through time and touching each each and every one of us. And, you know, here we are in January.
0: Um, ordinary time.
1: Ordinary time. Very much ordinary. Thank you for wearing green. I just wore gray. Hey, um, it was a
0: happy accident.
1: You reflect the uh, liturgical season. I reflect the outdoor season. The gray <laughs> skies. Although today was lovely. That it was, was very uh, nice today. Thank God we live in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything It's just, you know, day-to-day life, and yet Christ is in the midst of it. And, you know, it's funny because I think, you know, Michael – does a good job of giving me feedback on homilies. And I like to mention Emmanuel a lot, that he is God with us. But I mean, really, it's like, it comes up a lot. Yeah. So it's really good stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think that this section of the catechism very much plays well to the fact that it's ordinary time. Yeah. The sacraments are extraordinary means by which we receive the extraordinary grace. Ordinary in an, means. we Ordinary we extraordinary means to receive, receive extraordinary, extraordinary grace. Extraordinary yes. Grace. I did say that incorrectly, it's did okay. I not?
1: It's okay. And yeah, just like, The fact that we have ordinary means, it's not like, it's like, man, I sure would like it if, you know, God did something with me like he did with St. Paul. I mean, you can hope for that, right? Sure. It's probably not going to happen. Would
0: you really like that? I mean, if that happened, you would by default have to get up and change your way of life. You would have no say in the matter or you would literally be a hypocrite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he just went back to the way things. If he's like, "Oh,
0: cool, Jesus, thanks, awesome experience, yeah. I'm out," and I'm just,
1: I'm just gonna stay blind.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: no, it doesn't work that way, and so that was an extraordinary thing. But the ordinary means, so it's like we know we approach the seven sacraments in particular on a daily basis: the sacrament of the, the blessed sacrament, the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and confession. I mean, those are the two that get mentioned in particular, like in the ordination rite, you know, in in providing, you know, the sacraments to the faithful. Um, And I think, you know, we strive for that here at Sacred Heart to offer both, you know, regularly and accessibly. And why? Because that's the way that Christ touches his people, reaches out and is with us um, in day-to-day life.
0: Yeah, and so before we dive into the catechism explicitly, because we just kind of gave a fun little sneak peek, a um, little bit reminder of where we're at to the people watching at home. So first whole section of the catechism was on the creed. We finished that Amen. halfway through, I think, last time. I think our last conversation kind of was one foot in both. Mm-hmm. We are fully into the section on the sacraments now. Uh, the celebration of the Christian mystery is, I think, the title of this part two. Um, and so we're kind of in the middle of kind of the first chapter of this part two, where it's talking about how God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, uh, have a hand in all liturgies, Mm -hmm. right. Within liturgical events, because the sacraments themselves are liturgies. Those aren't all the liturgies. There are other liturgies within the church of prayer. Um, but we, this section really does shift here pretty soon to really just focus on the sacraments and the sacraments within the liturgy. Um, And so we're kind of right in the middle of the Holy Spirit talking about how the Holy Spirit has a hand in liturgy. And the first part right there at paragraph 1100 is talking about the word of God, right? Sacred scripture. Sacred scripture is so important for all liturgies. It is the, in some ways, a hinge point Mm -hmm. because this is when we hear the word of God. This is when the Holy spirit is speaking to us through sacred scripture. This is when we hear the word incarnate Jesus Christ in the gospel and everything that we're doing is relying upon what we heard in sacred scripture and what we've heard from the mouth of Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. And if you go to, so paragraph 1100, it quotes Sacrosanctum Concilium paragraph 24. And that is the document from the second Vatican council on the liturgy and it's I'll just read the quote. Do it. Um in the celebration of the liturgy, sacred scripture is extremely important. From it come the lessons that are read and explained in the homily and the psalms that are sung. It is from the scriptures that the prayers, collects, and hymns draw their inspiration and their force, and that actions and signs derive their meaning. So you know it's one of those beautiful things like when you go to mass, for example it's like you see sacred scripture sort of unfolding before you. Like, for example, you know, every single Mass, I turn around and hold up the Blessed Sacrament, I say, behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. I mean, two Sundays ago, I was quoting St. John the Baptist saying that in the Gospel, you know, from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, I want to say, like, um, verse, like, 28, I want to say. So, I mean, it's like right there at the beginning I get to quote John the Baptist, but the beautiful thing is, even if we're not standing on the shores of the Jordan 2,000 years ago, we still hear the words of John the Baptist echo throughout time. And the other thing, and then we we respond with the words of the centurion, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Lord, I'm not worried that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my, we say my soul shall be healed instead of my servant shall be healed. But how awesome it is that you know, it's like the words on our lips, the words that the priest gets to say, the words of the prayers, like where it says the collect. So that is the opening prayer of the Mass, you know, where we're sort of like collecting everybody together after the penitential rite and mm-hmm. gloria, and we're moving into the liturgy of the Word. And the words in those prayers are inspired by sacred Scripture. So the themes that come from them, I mean, you can trace it back to different letters of St. Paul, St. James, you know, different things that are, you know, there's all sorts of different quotes that come out from sacred scripture. Mm -hmm.
0: And so sacred scripture is ultimately what gives us the form of the liturgy. But the, I think what you said there, there was beautiful is that the liturgy, the sacred scripture kind of brings the liturgy to life, right? That these are the words that (laughs) were spoken in scripture by Jesus Christ and that we are using now again Mm -hmm. to recollect on what Jesus is, Words were, but also because the liturgy and the sacraments represent, mm-hmm. right? Make re-present. We're not representing something, and we're also not doing it again, yeah. right? We're not crucifying Jesus every time we celebrate the Mass, but we're making that one moment in time re-present. Again, for all of us to stand in awe and adore in the glory of what is the passion, death, and resurrection in Jesus Christ that we ultimately celebrate at every single mass. Absolutely. And so the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit helps to make that present. But also just the fact that we are performing the liturgy mm-hmm. makes what happened in the word of God re-present. Yeah.
1: It's incredible. And you get to actually be there and experience it. And, you know, and it's the amazing thing, too. It's not just the Bible sitting there on its own because, like, we have, like, the Bible belongs within the church, within the tradition of the church over the last 2,000 years and by the guidance of the magisterium, the living magisterium that continues to, you know, be entrusted with handing all of this on. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, like, let's just say, you know, you and Michael, you, you Michael, you and I, like we're I'm sorry, I can't think like you and I are just gonna like found our own church, right? Okay, there's a temptation for me to be like, you know what, we're just focused on Philippians all the time. So I love Philippians. Are, but no, I mean like the church lays everything out. So like this past weekend we got the second installment from First Corinthians where Paul is, you know, basically challenging the Corinthians because they're already getting all divided up, mm-hmm. which kind of goes to show, like, hey, we got a lot of hope because they were divided right right away, <laughs> you know? It's like these things happen. Like, I belong to Apollos. I belong to Kephas, I belong to Paul. You know, like, all those things, like, I can be like, eh, I don't really want to touch that. That's kind of awkward. Like, let's not go there. No, like, we receive what the church has told us. Like, this is the way that it's going to be laid out you know, from Sunday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so you can't go some different direction and just be like, we're well, no, we're only focusing on X. Now, you know, we can do sometimes like um, a series of homilies as we've done before, like the four cardinal virtues mm-hmm. or, you know, what we're anointed as at baptism, priest, prophet, and King. I feel like those are the only really like series. Did we do the,
0: no, we did heaven, hell purgatory. Didn't there we There you
1: go? Yeah. We did the last thing, last things. Yeah. Death, judgment, uh, um, heaven and hell. Yeah. I don't know if we did. Pur- yeah. Cause those are the four last things. Cause purgatory is not technically a last
0: thing. Okay. It's okay. an in between thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Last thing. It's, like, not- it's like, it's
1: like the, the front porch of heaven more so than its own standalone. Cause eventually purgatory will just be done. So, True. um, but no, yeah, you're right. So we've done those series, but still we base them out of the sacred scripture. And mm-hmm. even if I'm going to be like, you know, this Sunday, I'm just going to preach on this, fill in the blank. Um, still, we have to read these these texts. I can't just be like, you know what? Like, I don't like the Gospel of Matthew. Like, we're just going to stick with Luke.
0: And isn't that like the technical definition between a homily and a sermon? That so. a homily is based off of Scripture in some way, where a sermon is more kind of a freestanding yeah. thing?
1: Yeah, like I just give up and give it. I mean, essentially like a talk.
0: I mean, that's why we Catholics usually call what the priest does in Mass a homily, homily. where a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters would use sermon, would sermon. as the same term
1: that's at least the way i understand that's it. the way i understand it too it
0: may not be theologically yeah. correct but i'm glad that we are at least in agreement Absolutely. so the crowdsourcing of two yes. is in agreement
1: that's <laughs> wonderful and you know and, and it's like that funny joke like yeah come on father don't let the scriptures get in the way of a good homily you know it's like, no, it's like you can't you that's can't an oxymoron just, it is. you can't just skirt around those things and it's like okay if i'm reading something and it was difficult for me me personally it's like, okay, then other people are probably having mm-hmm. difficulty with this too. We probably need to, you know, plumb into the depths of this. And, um, you know, this past Sunday was the Word of God Sunday. Mm-hmm. declared by Pope Francis back in 2019. And, yeah, I mean, Scripture is living and effective. And our lives continue to be lived. And so the two meet each other in the midst of this public act that is the liturgy. And we get to be there and to encounter Christ and His Word.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, the Holy Spirit is is at the heart of this absolutely, whole thing, right? Absolutely. Um, but in paragraph 1108, there's a, something very specific that you want to bring up. He's brought it up to me like four times already. So here is the softball pitch. Father, you, take it away.
1: Thank you so much. Well, we look at, I mean, I was going to say something about anamnesis. We're, oh, please. You can go
0: back to anamnesis. That's fine. Go back to
1: anamnesis because you've already kind of talked about it, but the re presentation yeah. and the remembrance. Like, what's recalling, like, we're there at Calvary. I love So, a lot of us priests, like we have our own little prayers we pray before mass. Mm-hmm. And Father McNulty's always he says something about, you know, as we approach Calvary. And I really like that. It's it's a good one. Yeah. I pray that we might not um, be freed from all distractions and all that we do be for your greater glory and the salvation of souls. It's just something I you know a long Hi. time ago, but hey, so I do with the servers. We all kind of have our own little flavor at the DNA Mass. It's good. Yeah. But anyway, eleven oh eight. I love this. In every liturgical action, the Holy Spirit is sent in order to bring us into communion with Christ and so to form his body. The Holy Spirit is like the sap of the Father's vine, which bears fruit on its branches. Sap. I just wanted to really make sure I emphasized that word sap.
0: Uh, well, for the viewers at home, let's make sure they know what a sap is. So we, we are bringing this whole thing around. W- why are we focusing on the word sap your Father? So,
1: Here at Sacred Heart, we have our new FIDE program, Mm -hmm. which is our faith formation program, uh, formation in discipleship and evangelization. Got it. And, you know, each of our, like, we're trying to empower the families to hand on the faith. And I will say, I've seen so many families at Mass that I hadn't seen a Mass for a while. and it's just making me so happy. And a SAP a sacramental accountability partner Mm -hmm. is someone in the parish that helps the family along, helps them to keep coming, keeps encouraging them, keeps checking in, keeps making sure the mom and dad are handing on the faith to junior or juniette. What do you call younger girl?
0: I don't know. I I would,
1: there needs to be a female equivalent of junior.
0: I feel like junior is a female equivalent, but we just always use it for guys because women don't usually carry on the mother's name because then they get married and change the last name. That's a good
1: point. So anyway, so on to junior, (laughs) that term that could be used for both. But, um, you know, yeah, it's not easy and we need a lot of help. And I just love, you know, like the vine and the branches. Like, okay, it takes a vineyard, you know, to grow the faith. We Mm -hmm. need the sap that is the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing is we have other parishioners that are there to be a sacramental accountability partner. Someone that's there to say, hey, I'm here to help you and handing on the faith. Are you doing this? And I want to help you. I want to support you. You know, like, let's, let's keep this going. And I'm really proud of EJ once again, Mm -hmm. for all the hard work that he's put into it. And I'm really proud of our families because I think they're really running with this and doing a great job.
0: And taking this analogy and continuing on with it, because I I do think there's a lot that we can unpack there. What is the Holy Spirit doing? Why is the Holy Spirit sap of the Father's vine? Well, the Holy Spirit is kind of that conscience voice, right? That's, keeping us connected to the word of God, leading us, guiding us within the word of God, within the mystery of the liturgy. But also what does sap ultimately do? Sap is the nutrients that's transferring basically the water and soil nutrients up to the rest of the tree. So it's kind of the... It's kind of the means by which it is, the nutrients is moved, right? Which the sap in fide is supposed to be somebody who assists with the faith being moved within the lives of the family. Hey, how are you doing? You guys go into church? You guys go into confession? How can I help? How can I pray for you? That extra kind of the little bit of the life of the matter to keep things stirred up and moving as the Holy Spirit does too. Absolutely. So Holy Spirit as the sap of the vine, sap from Fide. A lot of the same kind of ideas in the role.
1: Absolutely. And it's also relational mm-hmm. as the faith is, as the Trinity is, you know, it's it's the, the one who starts the relationship and offers it to the one who receives the relationship. and The relationship amongst them is the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, you know, at the heart of everything is an ongoing eternal relationship of pure, selfless love. Mm-hmm. And we're called into that. And the thing is, like, if you move away from that, life is just not good. Yeah. Like, everything starts to fall apart. Like, if it just becomes mere materialism, pleasure, comfort, it doesn't last. It's not great. This is an adventure, and it's wonderful. And to have, you know, I just love that that's the word that the catechism chose is sap.
0: Mm-hmm. So when
1: I saw last night, I highlighted it and got all excited.
0: Hey, you told me about it, so I underlined it to make <laughs> sure not to miss it when we were going through it together.
1: Fantastic. Um, we could keep going that paragraph, but I think we've made it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally agree. Anything else that we need to talk about with the Holy Spirit specifically in his role within the liturgy? Um, Did we miss anything with the Holy Spirit part? Well,
1: the one thing, that word epiclesis, uh, 1105. So the epiclesis, invocation upon is the intercession in which the priest begs the Father to send the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, so that the offerings may become the body and blood of Christ, and that the faithful, by receiving them, may themselves become a living offering to God. So, I mean, that's an incredible thing, especially that last line, that the faithful, by receiving them, may themselves become a living offering to God. So, the Epiclesis, the point at which that happens, Mm -hmm. is the first time at Mass that the bells ring. So, when I, I literally take my hands and put them over the gifts... And by the calling down of the Holy Spirit, it changes mere bread and wine into the very body and blood of Christ.
0: And some people argue that that is the moment of which the body, the bread and wine change. Sure. Western theology does not define that moment. That's the thing. But yeah. That is one of the two places where the argument is made.
1: So when I was in seminary, we were taught there is not a magic moment. It's like the whole thing goes together.
0: It's like the start of that moment until, until basically the mystery of faith.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, that's why I mean, it's like from the offertory on. Once you've begun the mass, you don't stop the mass. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm sure I told you this story before. I don't know if I told it on air about when I was in high school and we were into the offertory, mm-hmm. and it was an all school mass in the gym. There were like a thousand of us students at Peoria Notre Dame High School. In the middle of the mass, pass off to where a bond threat gets called in. All the students had to leave and go out in the parking lot. Father stayed in and finished the mass because we were already passing. So he
0: might have said it a little bit yeah. with a little bit more haste than normal.
1: Eucharistic prayer too. He might have been very efficient, but he finished the mass. <laughs> yes. and then my good friend, Father Vince Jacobazzi, SJ, uh, at the time we were you know, high school like juniors or something, We rode with another priest to take these ciborium to different, like three different tabernacles of local parishes because there were a thousand and just like put on lids and took them out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just that has stuck with me to this very day. And that's why it's like, you know, if you ever notice, like, you know, there's noise going on, like, oh my gosh, somebody passed out, but the priest just continues on, Father's not being a jerk. A, I don't know medicine. Like, I'm not. There's doctors, there's people much more qualified than me. But Mm -hmm. B, It's not, he's being a jerk. It's like, he's got to finish the mass. Mm -hmm. And, and also too, I mean, you got a great big crowd. It doesn't do a whole lot of good for the, for, for father like, oh no, are you, you know, like just to stop. Yeah. So it's not like being rude or uncaring. It's, this is his primary responsibility right now. So the one other thing I would say, 1106, yep. together with the anamnesis, that remembering, that representation, the epiclesis is at the heart of each sacramental celebration, most especially the Eucharist. You, um, and then 24 from St. John Damascene, you ask how the bread becomes the body of Christ and the wine the blood of Christ. I shall tell you, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and accomplishes what surpasses every word and thought. Let it be enough for you to understand that it is by the Holy Spirit, just as it was of the Holy Virgin and by the Holy Spirit, that the Lord... Through and in himself took flesh. The reason I kind of emphasize that, and then also about, you know, the faithful by receiving them may themselves become a living offering to God. It's incredible what's happening in bread and wine becoming the body and blood of Christ. But it even says in the Eucharistic prayer after that, you know, that we may become one body, one spirit in Christ. Like the Holy Spirit is coming upon us too. And it also really strikes me, like, I'm, when I'm in the confessional, I mean, I use the same motion when I'm giving absolution. Mm-hmm. And I literally say, "You know, by say, you know, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, and actually the, the words of uh, absolution have just been declared. Like, they've changed two slight things. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I just saw recently, it was like, by the giving of the Holy Spirit has been poor uh who sent the Holy Spirit is becoming, has poured out the Holy Spirit, hmm. which is interesting because I had noticed that in Spanish a while back, because mm-hmm. it's uh, derrama in Spanish for both in the Eucharistic prayer and in application, mm. but it wasn't that in English. In English. So they're getting closer to... The proper translation, which so, they've been
0: doing for a while. They
1: have. So the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and then also not give you pardon and peace, but grant you pardon and mm-hmm. peace. But yeah, so cool. that's kind of cool. It's going to take me a little while. Yeah, I' have it written out, and just read it for a while. But, but it's just, there's something so cool about the invoking of, the calling down of the Holy Spirit. And as we were saying before about the ordinary means, mm-hmm. that you know, you can go to confession after Mass here, any day but Sunday, or like Chick-fil-A, um, and you can have that happen. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's ordinary, but it has extraordinary uh, effects, mm-hmm. you know, that you are now reconciled with the body of Christ. You have just received Jesus Christ after me, lowly John Eckert, you know, who grew up in Peoria, Illinois, by the laying on of hands of Bishop Jugas, you know, in apostolic succession all the way back, you know, to St. Peter. um, You know, I get to call down the Holy Spirit and we know that he comes and we know that that bread and that wine become Jesus Christ.
0: But look at what we just compared the pouring of the Holy Spirit to. We've got Holy Spirit pouring out on the bread and wine, becoming the body and blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit Pouring down upon Mary that she may bear the Son of God. And do well. Pouring down on us within the sacrament of confession for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And then pouring down just on us as people who are participating in this mystery. Yeah. And so with the Holy Spirit pouring down on us, it's like, oh, of course he pours down on the bread and wine becoming the body and blood of Christ. That just is ordinary to us now. That's just kind of a given. Of course he poured out on Mary within, you know, the Immaculate Conception, well, in the Immaculate Conception, and then with the Annunciation. The Annunciation, yeah. Of course he pours down that confession. But then when you recognize that, but he's pouring out upon just me as a humble human being who is participating in these mysteries, it's like, but what is that supposed to be doing in my life? What is that doing in my life that maybe I'm not recognizing or realizing or participating in as fully as I should?
1: Sure, Absolutely. But it's like anything. I mean, it's like we can continue to strive to participate in it more. Mm-hmm. And does that mean your life is going to be easier? Well, yesterday was the Feast of Conversion of Saint Paul. And after, you know, <laughs> he had you know, our Lord you know, pour out upon him that brightness. You know, I mean, any any action of the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father are present too. You could say from a materialistic objective sort of standpoint, no, Paul's life did not get easier from then on. You know, I mean, he went through all sorts of stuff. Just read the rest of the Acts of the Apostles, read his letters, like all the different things he's been through. And yet it was better. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he was a man in love and in love with love incarnate, love eternal that will last forever. And so as our Lord pours himself out upon us, I mean, the Holy Spirit poured out upon us, we are invited into a love that will never die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's by this. I mean, like when I when I say the words sometimes at funeral masses, you know, because a lot of you know, it's all playing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, you know, you say it's like, you know, you will never die. And I'll be honest with you, like early on in the priesthood, of course, always believe in the resurrection. I wouldn't be a pre- and I wouldn't be a Catholic if I didn't believe in the resurrection. But, you know, it's just like some of those words were just like harder to say to people, mm-hmm. especially at funerals. But it's like the longer I'm a priest and the more that I'm at funerals and, and, and part of these things and I've known more people that have died. It's like, yeah, you should you know, never die again. Like, you know, Jesus has overcome death. We have hope. Like, I know. It's like, hey, there's all kinds of, you know, maladies out there and sicknesses and death. Don't worry about that. Just worry about spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Don't commit a mortal sin. That's the only thing to really be afraid of. I mean, if our Lord is asking you to bear the cross of some illness... It happens, and I know it's easy for me to say, Mister Forty-One Year Old, that the only thing I have is male pattern baldness. Fine, okay, great, no big deal. But you know, I'm gonna break down mm-hmm. at some point. There will be something. Um, it's gonna happen. It's happened to everybody else, and it's not like, well, I'm such a good person, and I... yeah, so are all the saints who died. You know, <laughs> like, but but they were in love, and that love lasts forever in Jesus Christ, and we get to participate in that in an ordinary way, which is awesome in the sacrament.
0: But ultimately, that's what the sacraments are about. It's not about life here in a lot of ways. It's about preparedness for the life to come. Mm -hmm. It's about giving us the grace to live this life in the fullness so that we may be with him in heaven forever. Jesus would not have given us these things if it was just about here and now. No. If that was all it was about, uh, who cares? Oh
1: my gosh! I, mean, we've, I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, but it's like one of my favorite quotes of all time is a quote from Flannery O'Connor. When someone's like, "Oh, isn't the Eucharist a lovely symbol?" It's like, "Well, just a symbol, then. To hell with it." Yeah, and that's the truth. I mean, if that, if what I was doing over there every day that I celebrate Mass, mm-hmm. like it would be stupid. Like I put, I mean, when you think about it, if if that's not really him, why am I putting on all these weird clothes and these like various colors from day to day? Why am I walking around putting a cracker on someone's tongue? Why
0: do we spend however many millions of dollars to build the beautiful place that we did?
1: Exactly. To put in this big organ and all. I mean, it's like, you know, you can go to concert halls and listen to like amazing organ music and all these sort of things. But like, no, why is this all here? Because he's really present and ordinarily. Mm -hmm. And how awesome that is. It's not like Jesus might come, you know, sometime in 10 years. Like, no, no. He's there right now. Like You can go into the church, and that's why we leave it unlocked as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And my hope is someday to live on campus, we leave it unlocked 24 hours a day. <coughs> we'll get there. But like, he is really there and how incredible that is. The one other thing I was going to say, I mentioned this in my homily last night, actually. Mm-hmm. So the prayer that the priest prays after the behold the Lamb of God, you know, and I turn around and before I, before I personally receive the Blessed Sacrament, I say, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Not may the body of Christ keep me safe for life. Or now. Or, now. Or, or like that I don't get a hangnail later or, you know, get a paper cut or don't get my feelings hurt. No, like, no, no, no. It's like for eternal life. And what does that mean? Not committing mortal sin. And mm-hmm. Falling into spiritual death. It means being a saint, you know, no matter what. Striving for that love. Mm-hmm. Is that easy? Heck no, it ain't easy, you know. But when you're in love, like you're willing to do you know, whatever your beloved is asking you to do. And he asks us to do a lot of things, but he's with us throughout it all, really and truly. And that's why the sacraments have got to be really him. Mm -hmm. Because if they're not really him, I mean, it's kind of an empty promise. I'll be with you forever until the end of time. What does that mean? Like, just, well, when you think about me, like, I don't, I wasn't there. I didn't get to shake your hand or give you a hug. No, but he's really there and you you know just going into the church you it's like you know it i mean there's mm-hmm. a reason why i come in here you know like tomorrow morning i will unlock the church at 6am i don't want to be up and already ready and but i come here to be in his presence for an hour before mass because he's really there mm-hmm. and it's just it's awesome you know i mean it's ordinary i mean my socks firmly stay on my feet basically every morning but <laughs>
0: He's Basically, like, yeah, when do they not stay fairly on well, the Yeah,
1: my, my socks are very rarely knocked off. <laughs> there was one morning when I had the whole thought about like everybody should be a catechist. Like, uh, and that became the SAP program. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was pretty cool. That was good. So, like, there are some times when it's like, whoa, that was. That
0: this was, is a little bit more yeah. extraordinary than yeah. the ordinary.
1: Exactly. But even that, it's not like. And then I found my. Wow! Shoes.
0: I found Father's shoes across yeah. the church.
1: And then you had to like walk me by the hand to Ananias to lay hands. Yep. Like that.
0: No burning bush, no mm-hmm. shoes kicked off your feet, no blinding lights, no miraculous healings. It was a it was a very good thought that yeah. is definitely divinely inspired. It was but awesome. And then
1: there, and then there. Sometimes it's like you know this wound is really hurting. It's really hurting. It's like days, weeks. I'm I'm having trouble. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh. I am doing okay. You know, it's like, it's funny, but it's just like the divine physician. He knows mm-hmm. how to just gradually take care yeah. of us in his own good time.
0: Exactly. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we are a little bit behind pace, Sorry. but that was okay. Um, yeah, I get on these tangents. So <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Ta-da! Um, and now we're actually getting into the more heart of what the sacraments are. Yeah. Um, so 1113, this first line, The whole liturgical life of the church revolves around the Eucharistic sacrifice and the sacraments. There are seven sacraments in the church, baptism, confirmation, or chrismation, Eucharist, penance, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony. There's the seven. If you want to know where they're on the catechism, 1113, there's your list. And so basically, we're going to be talking about these seven sacraments for a long time, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, We aren't even going to get to the first one explicitly for probably a good three or four months still, but We need to understand what a sacrament is kind of in a more generic understanding. So first thing that we need to understand and remember is that Christ founded all seven of the sacraments. Some of them are very explicit, right? We see the Last Supper and the Eucharist. Very clear that he was doing something. I mean, he literally said, do this in remembrance of me, right? Um, We have the forgiveness of sins, yeah. very explicitly, right? Even telling the apostles, right? Yeah. Go and forgive sins. The sins you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The sins you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There are some sacraments like the anointing of the sick that are a little bit more tangential within the life of Christ. Obviously, he healed people. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was James. Is it the book of James? that's yeah, pretty explicit about the sacrament of anointing of the sick. So it's I find it really fascinating to really look at the scripture excuse me, the sacraments in light of scripture to say they are here. They have to be here based off of what the church teaches and they are here. And so having that in the back of our mind, that this is not just an institution that the church came up with just because, oh, this sounds correct or right. No, directly from Christ. And we have the evidence of these in scripture.
1: Absolutely. And it's also so good. It's like, you know, once again, with the ordinary means, we don't have to try to come up with this on our own. You know, mm-hmm. and I think, OK, maybe it's going to sound arrogant, but I don't think so. I think we point back in the right direction. I hope <laughs> I think why things are going so well here. We just keep pointing to the sacraments. Yeah, it's like it's it's not rocket science. It's just like he gave it to us and we do it and we try to do it really well and make it accessible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, yeah, I'm glad we get to be here to kind of, you know, promote it and point to it and all that. But it's just we have a beautiful space for it. We tried to do it with reverence. We try to make sure that we can get as many people in there as we can, mm-hmm. make the times as available as possible. And we just really love what we do, you know, and, you know, try to make anointing of the sick as, as readily as accessible as possible. Monday afternoon, was in the middle of something, um, Michael got a, an emergency call and it was so good because it's like, okay, is this, is this one like we got some time? It's like, no, like it, it's really important. And so, okay. And as soon as I was done with that appointment, Michael got me the information. I got over there and got her anointed. In fact, she got she got all three. As I like to say, like when I get to go see someone, hear their confession, give them anointing the sick, and give them communion. Um, in that case, it was via was was last communion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always like saying, like, hey, pretty good. Three sacraments for the price of one. Yep. And uh, and it gave her the apostolic pardon. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just it's a beautiful thing. And so when people call, and by the way, once again, looking directly at the camera, call. <laughs> if it's a question, call. If you think, oh, but they might live for another week, call. Like, don't be afraid to call. And if you call and say, like, you know, it's not imminent, but okay, great. Then then I know, okay, I don't have to drop my next two appointments and come. But at least we can say, okay, I'll be there later tonight. I'll be there tomorrow. Worst case scenario, I'll be there in two or three days. But at least we can get this it's not going to be like, like you don't have to wait as one of my seminary brothers used to say until you have one foot in the grave and one on the banana peel it's like just call early and often it's like voting in chicago you know like let us know and we'll we'll, we'll make this work why because to have the strength of the sacraments um father tom kessler over at saint phillips in statesville he says it's about anointing the sick and i love it he said, this is either going to make you better or get you ready for the best. And I really like that a yeah. lot. And it's just like sums it up so well. Um, you know, laying on of hands as the priest. Once again, it's that like epiclesis type, type mm-hmm. moment where I get to lay my hands on the person, which is it's a powerful thing. And it, the, the right doesn't give me words to say. Like I just lay my hands and I'm praying specific prayers just internally, like having a little conversation with our Lord about this person or things like that. And then it's kind of the same way at ordination too, by the way. Like laying hands on guys. But anyway. And then I anoint them on their forehead and on the palms of their hands with holy oil. It's beautiful. And Mm -hmm. it's it's so, you know, incarnational, tangential. Like you're you're, you're there. And these are the words that the church has given us to do that. And once again, like I didn't have to come up with that. It's not like, oh, he, he was really clever with the laying on of hands part. That's really nifty. It's like, no, this is what the church gave me to do. And we're so blessed to have them, like you said, and it's all rooted in scripture and tradition and the magisterium continues to hand it on down to
0: us. Yeah. And I think there was a great seminarian that once said that Sacred Heart is extraordinarily ordinary, yes. right? Yes. Because all we're trying to do is point to the sacraments, yeah. as you just said. Why do we even do this catechism series? Yeah. Ultimately, so people can understand Jesus Christ more yeah. and be more prepared to receive the sacraments and receive the more frequently that mm-hmm. we can point people to that because that's ultimately the best thing that we can do on earth to prepare for not being on earth. Exactly. Um, and going back to the point where you can't just make things up. Mm-hmm. The catechism says that too, yeah. but ultimately, ultimately I love that fact. Me too? Ultimately, no matter where you go in the world, you know that as long as the priest says what they're supposed to say, the Holy Spirit came, yeah, that absolutely. that sacrament moved you and was efficacious. I don't know where efficacious is. I know it's in the catechism, but I love the term efficacious. And so we're just going to jump to it now. <laughs> it has an effect. Uh, effic- yeah, efficacious means that it is a sign that actually performs what it signifies. Exactly. A stop sign is not efficacious. Nope. A stop sign does not force you to stop, but a sacrament gives you something. Yeah. When you receive baptism, actually baptism, confirmation, and holy orders are all the indelible mm-hmm. sacraments because, and that means you can only receive them once because there's an actual change in your soul and in your being. Um, that's not an if, and or, but no. the Holy spirit moved yeah. right now. <laughs> you can be closed off to some of those graces. Yeah. The Holy spirit's always moving. The sacrament is going to be received. Even if you're, A terrible human being performing the sacraments doesn't have anything to do with you. Thanks be to God. Has nothing to do with the state of the priest. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with the state of God or his willingness to do it. The only thing that can prevent something from happening is your interior soul and intention if you truly close off your heart. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you open it up, ta-da, it's there. there. It's called
1: revivification.
0: You don't have to do anything. It's it's just so reassuring that it is happening As long as it's done properly, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's there.
1: Yeah, I think I love the simple phrase because if I had a right book with me, so like what I say, Mm -hmm. let's say when I go to St. Joseph in, in Kannapolis and do their confirmation, right? I have the right book with me for confirmation and there are words that I say and those are in black and then there are things that I'm supposed to do and those are written in red. And so the saying goes, Father read or uh, do the red say the black you know it's just like it's just right there it's that simple it's that simple it really is not that difficult Mm -hmm. you just do it and of course you know like it can be um like it can have more effect more meaning as father like pours himself into it more you know like somebody who's like really clearly present at the mass like a priest as opposed to father who's just flying through it okay yeah it's going to affect people a little bit. But well, that's really a
0: more of an emotional effect yeah. rather than a spiritual Basically, effect. Yeah, I, mean, I felt it more.
1: Sure. But it's still the same Christ who's there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that is a powerful thing. And so, you know, pray for your priest because you know I wouldn't want to <laughs> take him for granted. You know, it's like in a way, I say this with all due respect, but it's like I'm handling dynamite up there. Like I've got to be respectful of what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Just like I say to the servers, you know, the two rules, be reverent, don't burn the church down. I've got to live by that too. You know, like I can't take for granted what's happening just because it's ordinary.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that ministerial priesthood, you being able to do that, again, that is a sacrament. The Holy Spirit pouring out upon you, it being efficacious. And we, as the the laity in the normal priesthood, right, Mm -hmm. do the baptismal call. I mean, we are participating in all of this with you, but there is something that you are doing different than anyone else in that church can do, um, which is call down the Holy Spirit uh, in the sacraments.
1: And I have been set apart to do that. Mm -hmm. I heard something interesting recently. I hope I don't regret bringing this up. It was a uh
0: <laughs> Well, let me put the camera on you and so you can say it to the camera again now. <laughs>
1: well, it was, a, it was a Dr. John Bergsmith thing where he was talking about how you know the priest's hands are consecrated, right? So at, yep. at the ordination rite, um the bishop like he consecrates our hands, like he lathers up our hands a sacred chrism. And it smells amazing. And it's the smell of victory. But like so it's you know, it's once again that indelible mark. It's that oil because like it it sinks in. It's not like paint that can be chipped off. It's an oil that sinks and in. And when
0: you receive anointing of the sick, you don't get anointed on the palms of your hands, correct?
1: Exactly. Priests get anointed on the back side because our hands have already been anointed. Yes. Um, so, uh, but he was talking about how like the priest's hands are anointed specifically for the handling of the Blessed Sacrament. And he said something about, it. he's like, and I as my husband, he's like, you know, I'm sort of like consecrated to my wife. Like I'm set apart to handle my wife. Like, you know, I don't handle anybody's wife. You know, I handle the blessed sacrament. Like I am set apart, taken apart from any family to be given to all the families of Sacred Heart, to handle the blessed sacrament and, you know, to distribute the food at the proper time, you know, like to bring Christ to people. Mm -hmm. I just, I thought that was really fascinating about like, just Like that, that total setting apart and, you know, like striving to be one with Christ for that purpose of handling him in the blessed sacrament and, you know, and and bringing him to be present. I just thought that was, it was an interesting analogy, yeah. Um, especially as, and this is one of those mysteries too, it's like still unfolding in my own mind. Like, you know, I am a spouse of the church, like the church is my bride. And so like, you know, I'm supposed to have an eyes and a heart for her. Mm -hmm. And, and that means then for all of my parishioners, you know, and so it's like, I'm, I'm there for everyone, man, woman, and child. Um, it's a fascinating thing.
0: But you're, but you're all, you're set apart. And this is what I I feel like a lot of people miss when they think about the priesthood, right? Mm -hmm. Because in our world, you know, with clericalism being a thing that we need to stop, um, a lot of people look at the priest, put them on the pedestal and say, oh, we need to serve the priest because of, of what they're doing for us. But ultimately, it's the exact opposite, yeah. that you are set apart specifically for us, exactly. the faithful, the laity, that you are actually serving us to the fullness. Oh, yeah. And so when you have that mindset, then don't feel bad when you ask Father for confession. For for anointing of the sick. It's not, oh, I don't want to impose. I don't want to. I know he's busy. I mean, I hear that on your behalf all the time. I'm sure you hear it plenty as well. And that's fine. Please be generous with Father's time. But ultimately, that's literally the point of your entire life.
1: Exactly. That is what I've been set apart for. And Yeah, it needs to be, you know. Probably a good idea not to just call it through. Don't take camp. advantage of yeah. the poor guy. And just, I mean, just like you would interact with your own earthly father, you know? It's like he's there. To, like He lays down his life for his wife and his children. Like, that's what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to be disrespectful, presumptuous, you know, entitled with your dad. Um, and just like you wouldn't want to be with your priest, with your with your spiritual father like, my role is to lay down my life for the people of God. Mm -hmm. And I can only do that if I'm in union with Christ and I've been consecrated to do just that. So pray for me that I strive to live up to that, too. (laughs) I'm striving to do it. strive to pray that I actually do
0: it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) of course. Um, But ultimately, again, big reminder is that these sacraments are about salvation. Yes. Right. In 1129, I know we've skipped quite a bit, but we kind of talked about everything and we're in what? We have a better conversation when we don't stick as much to the text. We okay. know that, but I like to bring us back every once in a while to, to stay focused. Get, um, 11, 1129, mm-hmm. the church affirms that for believers, the sacraments of the new co- covenant are in italics necessary for salvation necessary for salvation. Now, I also think that it's interesting that it says for believers. Mm-hmm. So it does leave a little bit of wiggle room for non-believers in salvation, which we will get to at some point in scripture, probably in this part about baptism, we'll start talking a little bit about yeah, non, that.
1: Non-solace salvation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but for <laughs> believers necessary for salvation. So again, if father's the only one that could do this and these are necessary for salvation, mean we should what what's the what's the we need to take our salvation with fear and trembling or work it out our salvation with fear and trembling Mm -hmm. but we can't do it on our own we have to have you present and so hey i'm worried about getting to heaven and if i need you i'm letting you know yeah and you're helping me out no matter what and
1: i would say too i mean it's just it's the fascinating thing and like the way our lord has set it all up you know it's like okay People can't do without the priest, but then the priest can't do without the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the longer I'm a priest, the more of like just trying to embrace that role of father. And when I pray to our Lord every morning and say, you know, I help me to live up to, to the lofty title of father. And then i go through, like, my litany of, and in order to do that, here are the gifts that I need. Truth, love, courage, patience, chastity, humility, perseverance, fortitude, joy, generosity, and peace. And then I'd also like the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> understanding and i go through them all, and then i start invoking, like, all of the different saints mm-hmm. that I rely on starting with our Blessed Mother, because I love her so much, and she's main. then I go to the Fatima Children, St. Jacinta, Francisco, and God Lucia, and, like, I literally... Oh, man,
0: Mary Fatima Fatima Children, one and two, that's right right out of the gate. Nice.
1: Those are my main ones, and then it's like I go to, well, and then the the other two big apparition saints, Bernadette, Juan Diego. Uh Then I go St. John Paul II, St. Mother Teresa, then St. Maximilian Kolbe, because I love Maximilian Kolbe, and he's sort of, like, tangentially related to John Paul II. Semi-similar era, because they're both Poland, yeah. both uh, affected by World War II.
0: And tangentially related. I mean, he had a Marian apparition of two right. crowns. Yeah. Do you want the red one or the white one? Both, please. Wow. And
1: if I figure if I've got him on my camp, I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, St. Mary Magdalene, St. John mm-hmm. the Baptist, St. John, St. James, St. Sebastian. Those are my three namesakes. Yep. St. Peter, St. Uh, Paul, St. Andrew, St. Barnabas. Whatever reason, Barnabas, I've always really loved because of, like, the son of encouragement. And I feel like that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an amiable. Like, that's kind of why my personality. Um, and then I go to the two saints. This is kind of cool, that are tied with my ordination days. Okay. St. Nuno, who's one of the patron saints hmm. of Portugal, didn't know this until I was there this last time. His canonization was the exact day of my deacon order ordination. Really? April 26,
0: 2009. And his, so... That's What is his feast day? day? I don't
1: know his exact feast okay. day. I'll have to look it up. But like he was canonized the very day I was ordained. Nice. Feast. I thought that was really That cool. is awesome. And then St. Boniface, because his feast day is um, my ordination of the priesthood feast day. Gotcha. Um, and then I go to this like list of saints or uh, precincts, St. John Vianney, St. Jose, uh, Jose Mariscriva, uh, St. Thomas Beckett. Yep. So I just really like him. And then two that are on the path to sainthood. Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen and Augustine Cardinal von Tuan, the one who wrote that road to hope, the Vietnamese card mm. that was in solitary. Oh, yep. mm-hmm. So those are all the saints I invoke every single morning, nice. including the saint of the day. It's a good list. It really is. And with them, I'm like, guys, help me. Faith, hope, and love, humility, obedience, chase, fidelity. Let's go. Yeah. And then I pray the R5 and I finish up morning prayer. But like to do all this, you know, and and, and to be fair, it's like, it's like that in any vocation. Like we're, you know, living this out. Jesus wants to be with us. And it's like, if you're explicitly inviting him in, he'll keep coming, you know? And all those saints are cheering us on in heaven. Tap into it, keep asking. And and the cool thing is, like you said, necessary for salvation, like they're there. They're going to give it. Like Mm -hmm. he's not trying to hold back. Like he wants us to be saved. Like, you know, um, it wasn't the father's will that anything should be taken from him, right? He wants us to be with him, but he also won't take away our free will. And so, like, we've got all of this. Like, keep asking for help.
0: Yeah, necessary for salvation, but they are free gifts. Free
1: gifts. I mean, there.
0: it's it's a free gift. You need them, yeah. but just ask, believe and we'll give it up. to you. Yeah. It's pretty good.
1: Repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's great.
0: Okay. So, I think that was a pretty good introduction to the sacraments. I think we hit it all. Everyone okay with that? I, I think we're good with that. Yeah. We're pretty. We're pretty we're, I think we're short on time. We got eight minutes and... uh. 20 paragraphs to go, uh, 15, excuse me. <laughs> so then we kind of take the first section of this, this chapter, the liturgy, mm-hmm. and then we take this kind of second section about the intro to the sacraments, and then we kind of combine them, yeah. right? So how do we actually do the sacraments within the liturgical thing? Mm-hmm. I think it is awesome that right off the bat, we get like two full paragraphs about Revelation. Yeah. So Revelation, the final book of Scripture, because ultimately, I've heard, and I heard that there's a really good Revelation study out there about this. I have not found it. But I've heard that the book of Revelation is basically an outline of the Mass. Yeah. And I think somebody wrote that Bible study. Maybe Scott Hahn? I mean, the maybe Supper by Scott Hahn is
1: pretty – Oh, that's – okay. It's very much about that.
0: So – but if we're looking at Revelation as the Mass and as the celebration of – The Feast of the Lamb, which literally is what the Mass is. Um, I really like the fact that it emphasizes, in 1138 in the Catechism, emphasizes all the people that are present there for the liturgy, right? You have uh, the four living beings that represent ultimately the Gospels, so the Word of God. Right. As we already talked about the importance of the word of God. And then you get the 24 elders of the old and new covenant. So now you are kind of getting the old and new Testament as well. The people, those people being present, you get the new people of God that you kind of get with the the gospels and obviously us being somewhat of the new people of God. Right. Of this new covenant. The martyrs who were slain and all the whole and and the holy mother, so those that actually came after Christ that were living out this faith that we're supposed to follow as an example. And then the bride of the lamb, which is the church, and every single person in nation and tongue being present as well. So we get a little bit of a parallel of what the mass is, but then we are also getting the fact that so many people are present in all these traditions and all these people of history are here for. <laughs> the Mass, and really every liturgy that's yeah. ultimately performed. And so talking about all these saints, right, they're celebrating all of this with us this at time. the same time. Yeah. They're just no longer part of the church militant. No. They're part of the church triumphant. So they get it way easier than we do at this point. At this point. Um, yeah, we do have to go through that whole thing called death first. So uh, we, we got a little bit more trials ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just awesome people cheering us on, but yeah. also praying and participating in everything with us at the same time.
1: Absolutely. I know in the midst of the confitier, you know, when we're asking for help, we say, and all the angels and saints. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, cause Tom Boigner and I have kind of talked about this before. And he's like, all the angels. and saints. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the incredible thing. I mean, we make some huge claims in the midst of this, but as you just pointed out here in 1138, I mean, it's all justified right out of sacred scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we get accused of not knowing Scripture. You know, and I mean, I'm not like pointing the finger at anybody in particular, but just, but we do, we it's, do. I mean, it's yeah, it's one of those things like, oh, Catholics don't know Scripture. But the thing, it's like, it's it's so much the air that we breathe and the water that we drink, and it's just we
0: don't different. realize how much Scripture that we know.
1: We are saturated in it, and everything is rooted in Sacred Scripture, and it's just. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. And so, I mean, like, this does such a good job of, of explaining that and showing that. And, you know, once again, go back to Dr. John Berg's movie again, uh, too. Like, talking about, you know, the mother of God, the woman, the one clothed with the son in the book of Revelation. Like, I think that's Revelation 12. Like, there's no way to, like, separate that out from Mary. Like, it is the Blessed Mother. And, and, and just to know that and to have the tradition of that and to have her help and... To know that she's with us, and as we pray, you know that that very powerful prayer, the Memorare, at the end of every Mass at Sacred Heart, you know, like you know, you never like there's no petition that's gone, gone unanswered. And that's an amazing thing. Like she is an incredibly powerful intercessor. You know, she helps us in the crushing of the head of the of the serpent. You know, I mean, it's it's un. I was gonna say unbelievable, but no, it is believable. But it's incredible. It's just so good, and she's with us, and yeah, that's yeah, right there in scripture.
0: Yeah, and then um, I kind of stopped reading, I don't know, I guess I did it a little bit bit farther. But I guess the last point, we're probably going to end a little bit early because ultimately 1150 is kind of a weird spot to stop. But ultimately, I really liked kind of my last thought is in 1140 is that it's emphasizing the fact that this is not a private function. The liturgies are not private, that they're public functions. They're public Prayer, times of prayer, and that we should never remember, and it even actually warns us against individual liturgy or quasi privately yeah. right that ultimately a wedding mass, a baptism liturgy, anything that we do liturgically yeah it 's open to the public of course, and it should be open to the public because all of this is about as we just talked about eleven hundred and thirty eight the entirety of the church, those in heaven and on earth. Praying with us simultaneously. So, if you want to shut out other people of your wedding mass, then try to shut out the saints, and that ain't going to happen.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it always has that public nature. Now, I will say, for whatever reason, it just kind of comes to my mind? You know, I take a day away every week.
0: We're not going to barge into your house to celebrate mass with you, which we understand.
1: But that's why we have Father Marcel, who comes here and offers mass on Tuesday when I'm not here. (laughs) It's just I still offer mass at the house, although. My parents are home; they come too. I mean, so it's not like I'm just on my own. Though.
0: And this is not like I'm trying to exclude people. No. This is a hey, I'm not working today. I'm on my, on my day. I'm off. on my day off. I have to celebrate Mass. I'm just gonna do it. And
1: once again, just like you know, bread becomes the body of Christ. Like he uses fallen, limited material to raise it up. And I do need a little bit of time every week to not be on. You mm-hmm. know? Now. I'm still a priest. I'm still celebrating mass. I mean, it's not like, you know, I just completely stop living the life. I don't take a vacation from my vocation. Yep. But yeah, I just need some like quiet life. Thankfully
0: I don't take a vacation no. for my vocation you either. Can't,
1: you can't. <laughs> Although I think, you know, like yeah, my, my work day is kind of crazy when I'm here, but I get a little bit more downtime than I
0: think you do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I usually drink coffee at like three o'clock yeah. to prep myself for, for going, going back home.
1: Yeah. Which by the time I get home now sometimes it can be kind of late and that's like last night. I get home to like 8.15, 8.30. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But then I'm just home. It's quiet. You're just done. Yeah, I'm just done. I'm just saying some prayers, reading some books, reading the catechism, having a drink. Yeah. It's like it's lovely. So
0: I'm having a drink too and then having to put it down to go make sure my daughter goes back to sleep.
1: <laughs> I have to make sure no one goes to sleep because <laughs> Father Rossi doesn't live there anymore.
0: <laughs> it's good. all right so we we stopped a little bit early but it kind of makes sense to put those 10 paragraphs in with the next time so we're going to have a couple extra next time but you know what Okay. Sometimes you just got to do what makes sense. And I
1: get kind of excited about the sacraments. So I'm sure oh, we have we have more I've been it.
0: looking forward to this section for a while. It's so good. Cuz I do a lot so in RCIA I focus on this section and then section 3 a lot. So I'm excited to kind of go through them with you because I get to go through them with my class a lot. And then I almost know nothing about section 4. Okay. So in the next like 2 years or whatever when we get to section 4, I'm looking very much forward to it cuz I don't think I've hardly read section 4 like at all
1: wow. and we'll get to and you know and there may be some extra resources too because I have some really good sacramental theology books um, but the thing I just I love it because it's just so concrete mm-hmm. it touches you where you
0: are oh it makes perfect sense it's so good hey baptism I've received baptism what is baptism boom. oh it's right here
1: yeah it's right here and I received it April 11th 1982 <coughs> at Our Lady of Lord's Parish Decatur, Illinois like boom it's right there yeah. and it's just there's there's something so amazing where it's like yeah our Lord who really became incarnate which by the way I love this too I get to be at the Church of the Annunciation next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's this plaque in front of the altar and it has the words from the Angelus, you know, like how we pray and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There it says, and the word became flesh here mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. Man, I love that. And then the the incredible thing, though, now, you know, it's like our Lord continues to become flesh and stays with us in the tabernacle. Every tabernacle in the world. Yeah. And i uh,
0: have to do is go visit him amen so great amen so good stuff so. all right well i think we're out of time I think so, so. let me see how are we doing we're, yeah. we're one minute over actually we did a lot better yeah. since we cut out almost 10 paragraphs of the the section we were supposed to do we ended right on time oh my yeah. goodness and
1: instead of discussing specific paragraphs it's just like hey i'll just run on another tangent but it's fun
0: I'm hey, wondering. you know, I get to hear all your tangents all day, every day. Most people at home don't get to hear that. So I suffer for the good of the parish. You are
1: so incredibly kind. I am. I appreciate that. So thank you. And we just keep pointing back towards the sacraments. Exactly. That's what
0: exactly. that's But that's all your tangents are about. They're about it's the sacraments. True. It's true. I'm not you talking about want more people to receive the sacraments, so you're going to go on to wonderful tangents to encourage people to receive the sacraments. Because
1: quite frankly, at the end of the day, if we want any kind of big revivals, we want everybody back. Celebrate the sacraments, celebrate them well, do it like immediate. Cool.
0: We're just gonna have a really nice mass. Yeah. What more do we need to do? I don't Have another know talk? People want to listen to us talk more? No. No, not at all. So just I, receive Jesus.
1: Let's keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. That's great. Let's close with a prayer. In the Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
0: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit.
1: Amen, Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks
0: be to God.